Ranting is encouraged. It's the spice of life. Some people might say that variety is the spice of life. They're wrong. Human beings actually hate variety. Studies show that they prefer the same spices on food, and any changes disrupt their circadian rhythm. Successful TV shows have a consistent format. Look at morning shows, or evening television programs like The Tonight Show. They've had the same formats for decades and they're still going strong. Variety shows aren't on TV anymore. Deviation does not survive. Monday is Meatloaf Monday. Everyone looks forward to it. Homeless people pee in the same payphone every morning. If that payphone is ever removed, they lie down in that spot and cry ritualistically for hours every morning. Trust me, I know. My uncle is homeless. I would like my life back. You may have heard about the sobbing phone calls I've had with mom. It's okay that I call her and cry. I'm her baby. Allison's personal assistant of three years, Michelle Morales, quit last week. The reasons were unclear, but I think they may have had to do with issues of reclaiming Allison's children in her tax return and putting all the donuts from the staff room in her purse. She got to work early to do this every day. She actually had a rare gluten intolerance. Her pancreas explodes if she ever eats bread. But she was heard saying she didn't want anyone else enjoying donuts. She skipped town and no one can find her. In the brief time I knew her, I was never particularly fond of Michelle. At rehearsals, she stood around looking sullen, reluctantly misting Allison's face with rosewater or Lysol. Michelle had a giant iguana perched on her shoulder that specialized in mean stares, and sometimes wore a silly hat at a jaunty angle. Sometimes Michelle would shoot other staff members with a BB gun and blame the iguana. Never quite sure she wasn't behind it. I'm sure it was just my imagination, but it sometimes felt like Michelle went out of her way to be mean to me. Like those times she walked up to me and burned cigar holes in my pants. She also insulted my shoes every time she saw me. Even that time I was barefoot at a picnic. Once she crashed Allison's Porsche and blamed it on me. But that's a mistake that anyone could make. The newest family is that I have been temporarily but indefinitely reassigned. I am Allison's temporary assistant. No longer in the radiant glow of Bradley's sun. And trust me, I am addicted to that sun. Vitamin D deficiency. Or should I say, vitamin B? Dakota has been texting me updates to feed my bread need. And because she didn't know how to handle it when Bradley stole that police helicopter to get a slice of his favorite cheesecake on the other side of town because traffic was pretty bad that day. They usually let him borrow it, but Oprah needed a chai tea and a pack of Virginia Slims. This morning, Dakota texted, Bradley's eating a grapefruit, with a photo of Bradley balancing a pear on his nose. He calls pears grapefruits because they look like what a grape would look like back in the time of the dinosaurs. Dakota's here in my room, by the way. Hello! She said she'd drink from me as a proxy because I'm stressed. But drinking gives me a tummy ache. Also, she apologized for anything she said last week. She doesn't remember it. And when she doesn't remember, she either made verbal death threats or held up another church's chicken. Yup, and there aren't any empty buckets of fried chicken in my room. I get chicken drunk. I'm not saying Allison isn't a wonderful person, top quality mom, fantastic scholar, and an absolute star of star quality. She's wonderful. She's just not Bradley. Every sad cloud has a fancy silver lining, right? The upside of this switch is that I get to know Bradley's co-star. Allison isn't a bachelor like Bradley. And her family reminds me of an upper middle class educated version of my own. If they were a different ethnicity, and had different values, and no one went to jail or, th or threw a ceramic clown at Uncle Jerry's face. He did not press charges because he was in the wrong. Not Grandma. Working with Allison is very different from working with Bradley. Instead of Shetland ponies and free-range peacocks in her backyard, Allison has children and a swing set. How odd. She's also not scared of commitment. 
She has an in-the-ground pool. Bradley did have a commitment ceremony with one of those ghosts he thinks lives in his backyard. It might have been some strategic marriage to keep his kidneys functioning longer. The things I missed. Bradley's first marriage. First? I think he's a ghost bigamist. He might also technically be married to Cheryl Crow, Miley Cyrus, an Elvis impersonator. Oh, and George Clooney. George Clooney doesn't remember that one, but I have video footage. While Bradley's a free thinker and lets genius strike him at any moment, which sometimes hits hard and causes pain for him and those around him, Allison is more calculated and scheduled, with expectations that her brain dispense genius at certain times and be focused on making tiny pipe cleaner flowers and detergent caps at others. Allison has three children, ages 9, 6, and 18 months. You would think that having as many siblings as I do, I'd be prepared for the Wyckoff family breakfast free-for-all. By the time I was old enough to realize I was eating breakfast, Mom had it down pat. She demanded that we all sit the hell down and be quiet as she or Josephina dispensed the predetermined quantity of Eggo waffles, margarine, and heavily diluted tang to each of us. We weren't allowed to get up because she needed to take a head count and make sure everyone got exactly one lunch. If anyone was sick or at Girl Scout camp, she wrapped caution tape around their usual chairs to avoid confusion. At Allison's house, each child, including the baby, is allowed to request whatever they want for breakfast and allowed to change their original request up to five minutes after they make it. The oldest, Sophia, changed her breakfast order 16 times. I had to eat four cups of blueberries, eight organic Twizzlers, six wheatberry corn buffalo pancakes, and about a gallon of uncooked egg substitute. Children are given the autonomy to choose not Eggo waffles. I wasn't allowed to do that until I was 22 and allowed to choose either Eggo waffles or chocolate chip Eggo waffles. Though there is a long list of pre-approved foods on the fridge, they are also allowed to sit wherever they want, because assigned seating resembles prison. At one point this devolved into throwing a high chair out a window. Allison has the same breakfast every morning. Two cups of strawberries and a cup of yogurt, with half a teaspoon of equal and half a teaspoon of Splenda. Shaken, not stirred. Only Mr. Wyckoff is allowed to eat Pop-Tarts, which he consumes in liberal quantities. I assume he's allowed to make this decision because he's a producer on the show, and makes tons of other important decisions. He's also the only one allowed to spend the morning watching cartoons. Allison tells me that, at one point, the children were so jealous of their father's Pop-Tart and cartoon privileges that he got a bodyguard to sit next to him on the couch to keep his kids from burning him with a waffle iron while he watched Spongebob. Allison and I headed over to the studio for rehearsal while her husband dropped the kids at school. We sat in silence as I pressed some of her skirts on the ironing board. She said, you do that so well. Michelle used to just wave the iron over them. Sometimes she didn't even plug it in. Other times she burnt iron-shaped holes into them on purpose and tell me I should just get things dry cleaned. A rude suggestion, as Allison believes dry cleaning chemicals are carcinogens and that dry cleaners shrink celebrities' clothes on purpose to contribute to unrealistic body standards and make celebrities feel bad about themselves. She said she didn't want to fire Michelle. It would just perpetuate her image as a B-I-T-C-H. In the tabloids. Also, she fired too many people back in 1993 when they let her become a producer for two weeks. And she got addicted to it. Firing Michelle would be like a gateway drug back to her old lifestyle. I said it wasn't true. She seemed like a very warm lady. The kind who would make you homemade pretzels. She said, I know, you slap an audience member once, and people make judgments about you. She confided that she's glad Michelle's gone. She said she always hated iguanas, because their mating habits are sexist. She told Michelle not to bring it to work anymore. Michelle went to HR and said it was an emotional support animal, and it was a done deal. I said, emotionally supported her 
and being mean. I think Allison appreciated that because she started sobbing violently and offered to read my palm for food allergies. Allison has trouble expressing her emotions. She starts every sentence by saying that. It's true. Yesterday morning, she looked at me and said, I have trouble expressing my emotions, but this milk is sour. And then she said, I have trouble expressing my emotions. I wish Bradley would fall out of a burning plane and that he'd think that he had a parachute, but the parachute was actually spiders that are also on fire. There's a little warm-up exercise Allison does with her assistant just before the show. I had to repeat certain phrases over and over to her while massaging her fingers. I said cringeworthy lies like, You're so much better than Bradley. And, That guest would like you the best. Or, You will survive the apocalypse. And Bradley will be voted off Celebrity Survivor first. And even, They will pick you for the next season of Dancing with the Stars. I did more than one of these with my fingers crossed behind my back. And then she said, Okay, now pluck me. And I had no choice. I can see why she needed me to say these things. On stage, while having his flawless hair fluffed, Bradley expertly tried to unnerve Allison. He said, How's poaching my assistant working out? Would you like to wear my Armani pants? Or my Indiana Jones hat too? She tried to ignore him and said, We're both stars here. He said, I don't see any other stars except for the gold foil ones I get for finishing my milk. Oh wait, Joe isn't here to give them to me. Did he give them to you? didn't think so. It means he doesn't like you. Did he even give you any milk? This was a particularly tense episode. At one point, Bradley took scissors out of his pocket, blades open, poised to cut a chunk from the left side of Allison's hair off before they made an emergency cut to a commercial break. A staff member came in and tackled Bradley linebacker style off his chair before he could snip away. They have a guy especially for that. His name is Ben. I dated him. Twice because I forgot we went out for six months and broke up the first time. Oh, yeah, right. The sex offender. Yeah. The one you met at Church's Chicken? That's the one. I could be imagining things, but after the show, I think Bradley stuck his hand out and looked longingly at me. That was the highlight of my day. You weren't imagining things. He was sobbing, and he tried to bite your ankle, so he could take a little piece of you with him. After the show, Allison kicked her heels off, laid on the floor, and farted loudly. She put her headphones on and listened to One Direction at an obscene volume. A please-turn-your-headphones-down-I'm-trying-to-ride-the-bus volume. She confessed that she never lets her daughter Sophia listen to this trash. Her words, not mine. I think Harry Styles is a genius before his time. She says, I tell her that she can't listen to them because they portray themselves as obstinate, close-minded, and unyielding. They only move in one direction. It's really because I'm attracted to most of them. And if we both were, that would be weird. I volunteered that both mom and I absolutely adored Bradley. In a totally platonic way, of course. While she relaxed, I proofread her article on early comedic women's impact on persuasive tactics in parenting. This is for the Journal of Rhetoric, Celtic Languages, and Mommyhood Studies. I never considered that early comedic writings could have an impact on modern-day potty training techniques, but I don't think Allison's sample size was large enough. Sample size is so important. I feel like academics today forget that. Too true. Moving on, Allison also filmed a 20-minute video for her political rhetoric class she team teaches at USC. I said it was cool, how she was giving back and all, and I told her about my podcast for my family. She said, hmm, I have one about the podcast as Greek tragedy. I said, I'm not Greek, I'm Italian-American. Once she was done filming, she sat down next to me and said, Joe, you seem very insecure. She grabbed my hand and brought her face closer to mine. She said, were you bottle-fed? Without waiting for my response, she said, I was too, and I don't think I'll ever get over it. 
With that, she started sobbing uncontrollably and saying, I breastfed each of my children until they were three, except the baby, because I had to be TV ready, and they have no idea how fortunate they are. For the record, I have no idea whether I was breastfed or bottle fed, since there are no photos of me before my class picture in 11th grade. Not even sure if I went to kindergarten. And my mom isn't either. I do have memories of a golden retriever tucking me in at night. I think that might have been my nanny. I fell into a comfortable rhythm as Allison's assistant. The way you can kind of enjoy spring once the crushing disappointment of not having Christmas anymore is far enough away. You kind of forget, but you really don't. You just don't feel the searing withdrawal anymore. Sometimes Joe sees that billboard of a breath mint ad Bradley did. The one he got sued for because it was anti-Semitic. And he starts convulsing and going, No! Since I'm suffering from withdrawal, I practically have the shakes. I need Dakota more than ever. In keeping with my sort of themes and Dakota's charming meanness, I now present Dakota comments on your habits. In a definitely not nice way, because you should stop. Really. Hello, everyone. Okay, bring it on. This is from my Aunt Amelia. She's about 80. I'm not sure how she's my aunt. She says, I change my sheets every day. I bleach them to kill the hazardous sleep germs. I don't want to stop doing this, but my back hurts more and more as I age. I'm going to have to get surgery, and I don't think my husband will replace our sheets as religiously, because he died in 87. You seem like a nice girl. Help me keep up this good habit. That is some serious OCD right there. Disclaimer, I am not a professional, but I have this advice. Who cares what your sheets look like? You only use them when your eyes are closed. At your age, it's probably good to be exposed to, um, sleep germs. I hear they promote healthy skin growth, or fill in your wrinkles, or something. It's bad to be too clean. People think you're hiding something. Probably a murderer. This one's from my mom's friend, Ellie. Sometimes I pull my daughter's hair in her sleep. I give it a good yank. She's three, and as well-behaved as I could reasonably expect given her undeveloped brain. I just get so angry sometimes at all the demands she makes on my time. Playdates, making whatever stupid dinner she wants to eat because portobello mushroom pasta isn't kid food. Hours at the park, trips to the toy store. I could be painting my nails or writing a book. Combine that with her beautiful blonde curls and all those carefree years she has ahead of her. Well, it always wakes her up and she starts crying and I say, Mommy's here. It's all right, love, and hold her until she goes back to sleep. Whew. Okay, here's my advice. Joe's mom, stop being friends with this woman. Don't pick up her phone calls. Don't come outside if she's honking the horn. If she knocks on the door, just pretend not to be there. Hit the dirt. If you belong to the same gym, join a different one. Run for your life. She's crazy. I won't even try to give Ellie advice for fear that she might come to my apartment at night waving a bottle of Pinot Grigio and a katana. Ooh, this one's from my dad. He doesn't usually write emails since Michael sold the keyboard. I've tried to quit smoking 15 times. What works? Hey! What? My dad doesn't smoke! Well, I guess he does. Dad! How could you lie to me for all these years? Probably because you'd react like that. You always said you were holding those cigarettes for Uncle Rick! I should have known! He lives in Connecticut! Smoking causes lung cancer and scratchy throats and meanness! Quick, Dakota, give him some advice! I don't know how to- Hey, you know, Bradley wrote this. I was supposed to show it to you. What is it? 
a poem. Oh, with a stick of gum tape to it. Wintergreen, Bradley's favorite. Without my Joe, I don't know. Left from right from wrong. Legal from illegal. Felony from misdemeanor. Strip club from maternity yoga class. Public nudity from performance art. Friendly dog from vicious ferret. I've just committed a crime. Littering. Not flushing the toilet without my Joe. Allison's a cut. Well, that's not very nice. But so heartfelt. Oh, Dakota, you don't know how much this warms my heart. This little fleck of chocolate came from Bradley's mouth. I used to clean that up the table all the time. Yesterday. You used to clean it up yesterday. This gives me the courage to tell the rest of my story. <clears throat> um, after we talked about how breastfeeding is the root of all Allison's insecurities, especially around Bradley because he subconsciously lords the fact that he was breastfed over her, I went with Allison to film a promo for a shampoo company. It was wild. First she posed in a fancy ways with the shampoo bottle. Its shape is sort of rude. And then she pretended to eat the conditioner. In one photo, she's pouring it on an ice cream sundae. Then they did her hair so it was all voluminous. And then she shook her head around for about an hour as they filmed. She kept shaking and bouncing until they got the take right. It was a long time. Let's just say, if Allison were a baby, social services would have taken her away from the shampoo company. With consequences. She was so dizzy that I had to guide her out to her car. When we got home, she was supposed to meet her husband for date night. But she had a headache. Allison said, this is what Michelle used to do. And handed me an iPad. You'll be my proxy. Hold this up while you're eating dinner. Order me the serpent turf and get it packed up to go. Feel free to help yourself to the breadsticks, but not the Italian bread. Phil likes Italian bread. He'll fire you if you eat it. Needless to say, I felt a little bit silly about this. I mean, I didn't even have a bow tie with me. I walked in first and then Phil saw me. He said, Allison's not coming? You'll just be my Allison for the evening. And then he put his arm around me and nestled his nose on my head. He insisted on holding my hand at the dinner table. He gazed longingly into the iPad. Allison had put the camera on herself, but she was taking a nap. He kept calling me Allison and talking about his day. He'd had an argument with the other producers about who could make the largest red solo cup palace on their office floors. And when he checked back in two hours, he was the only one who had built anything. Can you imagine? <laughs> I bet his co-workers couldn't even get the cellophane off the package. He tried to make reduced salt low-fat popcorn, but accidentally set fire to the microwave and blamed it on a nearby intern. He looked like the type to set a fire, so he wasn't sorry. He spent the afternoon making little figurines out of Play-Doh to give to Allison on their date. He said I, Proxy Allison, could have them from my home. Allison already had hundreds, but he can never see where she keeps them. Never. When he got bored of talking, he broke a breadstick in half, looked at it pensively, and then stuck the halves up his nostrils. I roared with laughter at his originality. He buttered the ends of the breadsticks and said, Look, I'm a frosty walrus! He has such fresh ideas. No wonder the fearsome morning hour has been on the air for so many years. He got up, walrus tusks in his nose, and began dancing with Allison in the iPad. There wasn't really a dance floor, and there wasn't any music. But he was very glamorous, and only knocked over a few candles and plants. He fed Allison some of his green beans by smearing them all over the screen. This accidentally activated Angry Birds, and it was awkward for a few moments. He also gave her champagne by dumping it all over the table. At the end of the night, we sat in his car while he made out passionately with the iPad. There were some uncomfortable touches, and at one point, I had to look away and think of Bradley in cold showers. At least I don't have to clean the green beans off the screen. And well, he dropped me off here. Dakota has also given me an Uncle Sonny update. He lives! And he's A-OK! -okay. He's a new janitor in our studio. He says he'll work his way up like Jack from 30 Rock.
He goes by Gary Castellano, not Sonny, though. What? Oh, no. Is he using an alias? Well, he's still using his last name. I just texted my mom. Oh, I hope he's not in trouble. I hope he's not smoking drugs. Yeah, especially not all of them at once. Or stealing puppies. And not sharing. The nerve. Mom writes back. LOL, honey. Lots of love. <laughs> Gary is his real name. We never told you. What? This changes everything! Just so you know, your grandfather's first name isn't Grandpa. <laughs> first I find out that Dad's a smoker. Now I don't know Uncle Sonny's real name? Gary? What kind of name is Gary? No wonder he's a screw-up. I think he just got another text message. Uh, let's see. Mom says actually Gary's her brother who joined the circus. Transitioned to Gabrielle in 1998. Oh, Aunt Gabby. So I guess no one is sure what Uncle Sonny's name is. Well, I guess that's one of the great mysteries of life. Another one. Uh-oh. Uh, What's wrong? Allison says, Producers offer you can be my assistant permanently? Bradley doesn't need two? Okay? Not okay! Alright, Joe. It's alright. I'm sure we can figure this out. I need another root beer float. Take it easy now. You don't have to say yes. Either way, someone will hate me. It'll break Bradley's heart. We're going to think this through. <sighs> okay, everyone. I, I have to go. I have to think about this. P please join us next time when I hopefully still have my job. Dun dun dun. Oh no, I'm getting the throw ups. The Fearsome Morning podcast was recorded in front of a live studio audience. And by live studio audience, I mean all the moonshine jars that I still haven't cleaned out of my room. When the light shines through the window, they produce this sort of rainbow effect. And I'm starting to think of it as a kind of hipster decor rather than squalor. To the untrained eye, hipster decor and squalor look like the same thing. The voice of Joe was Thomas Joseph's. The voice of Dakota West was me, obviously. The Fearsome Morning Podcast is written by Sam Barbaro and Andrew Triska. If you'd like to learn more about how to make moonshine, please visit fearsomemorning.com for my home address. Not because I'm going to teach you, but because I'd like a sample of some when you're done.